Welcome, everyone, and thank you for standing by. At this time, all participants will be on listen only for the duration of today's conference. This call is being recorded. If you have any objections, please disconnect at this time. I'd now like to turn the meeting over to David Lehman. You may begin. Thank you, Operator. First off, welcome and good afternoon. We want to thank everyone for joining us for this call, and I want to give a special thank you to our partners at Advanced CT and CBIA for helping set up this call. This afternoon, we're going to go through a number of things. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to kick it off here, and then I'm going to pass it over to Governor Ned Lamont, who's going to uh, talk about his priorities right now and how we're managing uh, the current COVID-19 situation. We're also going to talk in great detail in terms of what our response has been at the state level as well as what we're seeing at the federal level to date. Deputy Commissioner Glenn Thames is also on the call, and she's going to talk specifically about DECD and some of the initiatives we have in place there to assist small business at this point in time. Before we kick it off, though, I, I did want to mention we have embarked on a, a survey, and so far we've had over 3,000 responses to that survey, so we really appreciate it. Concentrated in small to medium-sized business, which is where we're focused. Before I turn it over to the governor, I wanted to go through a, a bit of that data for this group just to set the tone on what the business community is saying so far as it relates to the, uh, the current situation. First off, 50% of Connecticut businesses have mandated or offered remote work for some or all of their employees. Roughly 40% of these businesses felt prepared for this type of situation and for remote work. 50% of the responses we have, uh, those businesses are open and operating at close to or at regular capacity, while 36% are operating at reduced capacity and 12% of those businesses are closed. 80% of Connecticut businesses expect reduced sales because of COVID-19, and another 15% are unsure how the virus will impact their top line and 45% of Connecticut businesses have seen a disruption in their supply chain. We understand the, uh, the, the unprecedented challenge that's going on here and, and the demand shock that has occurred, in particular impacting small to medium-sized business, and, and we at the state level are doing and will be doing everything we can to uh, help mitigate this, and we want to talk about that today. Before I turn it over and introduce Governor Ned Lamont, uh, because there's over 2,000 people currently on this call and it's probably higher right now, as opposed to a live Q&A afterwards, I would ask folks that have questions to send an email to maribel.leluz, that's M-A-R-I-B-E-L dot leluz, L-A-L-U-Z, at ct.gov. And at the end of the call, time permitting, we will take uh, as many questions as we can. With that, Governor, over to you. Uh, thank you, David, and hello, everybody. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about our business response. Um, if you want to get an update, you know, we have over 100 folks who are infected. The number is um, 10, 100 times that because we can only test so many. Uh, we have our first uh, few deaths. Um, I think you know what we're doing in terms of social distancing, and i got to tell you our um, business community has been um, really stand up on that. But in particular, I wanted to focus on um, what our response and the federal response is for each and every one of our small businesses and to give you a little bit of my philosophy and to give you a chance to um, respond. Uh, I just got to tell you, I came out of uh, running a small business. I went through the um, you know, 2008, 2009 um, uh, free fall, and this is uh, – this is this is worse. Um, you know, back during a normal recession, we'll probably have 5,000 unemployment claims uh, a week. We had 12,000 unemployment claims yesterday. Um, you know, so that said, what are we doing about that, and how can we keep you whole and able to power through what could be um, uh, three, six, nine months of tough going? Um, I've been telling our federal delegation, from my point of view, um, A, hurry up. Uh, they've got a $200 billion plan they passed. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the trillion-dollar plan they're thinking about. But from my point of view, and um, as I remember my experience, um, my revenues uh, disappeared and my fixed costs didn't. So when I hear from the Fed they're talking about um, you know 4% loans, uh, how do I pay that loan? When I hear about, um, you know, reductions in payroll tax, I'm trying everything I can to keep payroll. When they tell me about tax credits, um, that's a long way out, and um, I'm not sure how much income I'm going to have to use that credit. 
So that's not the way I've been thinking about it at the state level and the way I've been uh, trying to urge um, our congressional delegation. I'm doing everything I can to reduce those fixed costs and make it easier for you to stay in business. Um, obviously, your biggest fixed cost, mine was always, you know, payroll. And um, uh, David can explain a little more what we're doing with our Department of Labor to provide unemployment comp for even part-time workers. So you can keep somebody on board, and we can provide some compensation to them as well to give them an opportunity, um, whether they're telecommuting or with you, that uh, we make it easier for you to keep them on payroll going forward so you're ready to hit the ground running on the backside of this. Next biggest fixed cost is, you know, was always for me, you know, was rent. And, um, you know, there um, we've been urging our landlords um, and banks uh, to do the right thing to give people time. Uh, that's probably best handled with you at, at your level, working with your landlords in particular. Debt. I mean, I don't know about you, but I had a fair amount of outstanding debt. And um, and uh, we, we have a couple of things. Well, we control it. We're, you know, David and the, uh, you know, economic development, we got loans out to, I don't know, 800 small businesses. We're forbearing on those loans. That means no interest in principle, uh, at least through uh, June 30. And um, that's been our um, strong recommendation to the banks. Uh, our federals are working with the FDIC and the OCC, making sure there are no regulatory barriers the banks uh, extending credit uh, or re-amortizing your loan. Um, the banks are so much better capitalized than they were, say, um, in 2008, 2009. So I'm, I'm working hard to make sure our banks will be partners for us, like Jimmy Stewart, uh, going through um, these times and make it um, a lot more easy for you to power through those pieces of the fixed costs. Health insurance, that was another big fixed cost I had. And uh, we're talking to the health insurance providers, see what they can do in terms of um, uh, deferring payments for a period of time um, to be determined. Um, utilities, as you know, um, we've been negotiating uh, with them, uh, and Attorney General Tong has been at the table as well, and they've been um, pretty stand-up. Nobody gets cut off. Um, nobody in, on the individual basis gets cut off, I should say. David can probably speak to what we can do for small businesses as well, just to make sure that electric heat, um, water, we do that as well. Um, as you know, the first $200 billion federal um, piece has come through. Um, you know, paid sick leave is part of that, just to make sure that um, none of your employees who are feeling ill, not sure whether they can afford not to be at work, go home. If I have a message, that's go home. If you can, don't have to be at work, um, go home. If you're feeling at all ill, go home. And there's paid sick leave at the federal level, and I'm going to do everything I can to backstop that at the state level so that people uh, can count on that. Um, I tell you, it's the Connecticut legislative package, and before I hand it back to David, um, we're trying to do everything we can, work in conjunction with the federals to hit the ground running sooner. Because we never know when the federals are actually going to step up, when that money is, uh, we can count on that. And um, in particular, um, I think one of our priorities, uh, working with the legislative leadership, and working with Len Pisano in particular, of the, the Republican leader in the Senate, who just reminds us every day that we don't need the loan. We, uh, we can't pay back a loan in the near term. We're working on a small business bridge loan program, which David may speak to as well. That's one of our real priorities to small business, to give you um, at least enough firepower, enough gunpowder that you can power through what is a, really an unprecedented uh, time for this state. You know, with that, um, we've got opportunity to take some of your questions by email, and um, i got to say, um, we're powering through this together. We're working with the healthcare community. We're taking the lead there, our uh, local and state, our local um, uh, teachers, our local superintendents, our local mayors have been incredibly helpful. I hope we have folks from economic development in each of our communities on the phone as well so you can take this message out. Because um, if we have a strong, consistent message, you know what we're trying to do is we fine-tune it every day. I think that gives us all the best chance of success. Back to you, David. 
Thank you, Governor. appreciate it. So what I wanted to do now is go through a, a number of initiatives that uh, have been taken or will be taken at the state level and talk a bit about the, uh, the federal response to date. Uh, first and foremost, you know, when we think about fixed costs and trying to limit and reduce those fixed costs, we understand how significant payroll is given uh, the, the demand shock and the impact to the top line of all the businesses on the phone. So the Connecticut Department of Labor has, has relaxed many of the requirements for folks to uh, receive unemployment benefits. So right now, unemployment benefits are generally available to workers whose employer needs to temporarily shut down and slow down business, uh, in addition to workers that are laid off, temporarily furloughed, or reduced hours. In addition, uh, for those not aware, Connecticut Department of Labor has a shared work program. So for employers that are not uh, laying off workers or furloughing workers, they can partner with Connecticut Department of Labor on this shared work program. And, and this is where a schedule might be reduced by 10 to 60%, and the benefits can supplement the employer wages from Connecticut Department of Labor in this work share concept. As the governor mentioned, this is, is, this is the primary uh, net to provide benefits to individuals that are laid off, and the, the Connecticut Department of Labor has seen a significant increase in, uh, in volume, you know, over 20 times their normal amount. It was 12,000 yesterday. It's been about 10,000 per day before that, and a typical day is roughly 500 per day. So this is significant, and we, uh, we have increased the capacity and manpower in the hours of the Department of Labor to make sure that we can process these claims as they come in. The second thing I want to touch on is, is lending uh, and the importance of capital in this type of time, in this time. Um, you know, on Sunday, the governor submitted a request for a, a declaration for disaster relief from the Federal Small Business Administration. We were actually one of the first states to receive that, and what that does is it enables our businesses to apply for loans up to $2 million by the SBA. They can do this directly on the sba.gov website. These are loans that are 30 years, up to 30 years long, and have interest rates between 2.75 and 3.75 percent. Since we've uh, since we've been cleared for these loans, you know we we are well aware that the SBA site and SBA personnel have been overwhelmed by requests and applications for loans. So, led by Deputy Commissioner Thames, who's on the call, we at, at Connecticut Economic Development are coming up with our own small business recovery loan fund to provide uh, very low-cost bridge loans to small businesses in Connecticut in a time of need. We're focused on rolling that out as soon as possible. It is likely to be early next week. One of the things we're focused on, just given the um, given the public health aspect of this, is making sure that we have the ability to have employees who can process these loans and get the money out quickly. But we understand that there's a need here to uh, supplement and, and provide more capital to business uh, quickly and inexpensively. So more to come on that, but that is something we are announcing right now. The third thing, and the governor touched on this, is what we're calling payment relief and forbearance. You know, we're, we are all in this together. So if there are expensive and costs and costs that can be delayed or deferred, uh, you know, we certainly have been encouraging that, and we've tried to lead the way ourselves with our Small Business Express program, a three-month payment relief where the next payment is due in July. We understand folks have a lot to, to be concerned about in managing their business and their health and their family's health right now. So we are encouraging others uh, to adopt this type of forbearance program as well. Obviously, there, there are private lenders out there that are going to take their own decisions, but the Connecticut Department of Banking put out guidance, uh, as did the Federal Department of Banking earlier this week, encouraging lenders to, to make prudent modifications and to work with their clients in this, in this time. Uh, to manage this successfully, in my opinion, we need everyone to work together. So that's not just lenders, but that's also landlords, that's suppliers, and we understand up and down the food chain there are bills to pay, but I think um, delaying these costs where possible is something that absolutely makes sense, and we're going to continue to encourage it, and we're going to continue to lead the way ourselves where we can. The fourth thing is tax relief. You know, we understand preserving working capital at this time is critical, and we want to make sure that anything we can do to provide effectively a, a low-interest loan here by delaying a tax payment is something that we are, we are looking to do. Uh, on Sunday, the governor announced that both the, the Connecticut pass-through entity tax as well as the Connecticut Corporation business tax, we are, we are uh, extending the filing deadline as well as the payment deadline to June 15th. So up to three months there of an extension for those taxes to be paid. And on the individual level, we are going to be mirroring what the federal government is doing, also allowing more time if you owe money up to a cap uh, to the state of Connecticut. So allowing a bit more time to complete those returns, but also importantly to provide that capital to the businesses or to the individual to use them when we know liquidity is, uh, is dear. The fifth point is 
temporary regulatory relief. And we've had a lot of requests in particular from businesses who have mandated to be closed as a result of the public health aspects here. Uh, so this is, this is an, a request actually of this group because we've gotten a lot of feedback and, and requests for temporary regulatory relief to make sure businesses can operate for where there are ways to let them uh, make revenue and, and sell their products um, where the, the normal way they would have done it has been changed. So on the survey, we would ask that, that this information keeps coming in. We are processing it as quickly as possible, but we want to make sure that we are providing regulatory relief in a sensible way to enable businesses to, uh, to cope and, and help them find ways to make revenue where appropriate. Sixth, and the governor touched on this, is, is relief on utility costs. So Connecticut's uh, PURA, the Public Utilities Regulatory Authority, announced a 30-day moratorium uh, for any shutoffs for electric, gas, and water. Initially, that was for individuals. Uh, that Just yesterday, that was expanded to businesses. So all non-residential utility customers in the state of Connecticut, there is a moratorium on shutoffs uh, until May 1st of this year. There are additional requests into Pura to provide further relief to clients uh, as it relates to their utilities expenses that are being considered, so we hope to have more to announce very shortly on that. Uh, paid federal <clears throat> sick leave and family leave, the seventh thing I want to discuss. So the governor alluded to this. This was initially passed by the House on Friday night and then ultimately the Senate yesterday and is being signed. Um, you know, this is a significant piece of legislation that it really is focused on, on the individual and the employee, um, but it really is affording the ability for employers with less than 500 employees uh, two weeks of paid sick leave, where the government is ultimately going to pick up the tab of that, as well as up to 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave. Uh, and this is if you are sick, if you're looking after a family member who's sick, if your child has their, their school or their daycare has been closed, uh, this is fairly flexible. There's still a lot of questions on this. We understand we've gotten many of them, but this bill uh, is significant in providing a, a net to folks uh, that, that don't need to go to work if, uh, if they are feeling ill uh, or if a family member is feeling ill. And the IRS is going to be providing a, a credit to businesses to basically pay for this. We understand that there is a timing mismatch and, and a cash is much better than a credit, so we're still having some dialogue on this and figuring out if there are ways to uh, enable cash to come sooner, um, but that is, that is something that we're going to have to stay focused on on our end. But it's a significant bill. And, and the last thing I would say on, on the federal aspect of it, we, you know, the governor, myself, and others are in constant dialogue, and I know many folks on this phone have been as well with the federal delegation and, and the importance of more stimulus. You know, the stimulus, the, the, the family medical leave stimulus focused on uh, the net for employees, but for small to medium-sized businesses, uh, making sure that there is more stimulus that is coming. Uh, so that's a regular dialogue that we're having and, and pushing uh, the federal folks to, to really think about small to medium-sized businesses in this really unprecedented time. So with that, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pass it over to Deputy Commissioner Glenn Thames, who is going to talk more about the, the specific DECD response. Glenn, if you're there, if you, you're still on mute. Important note. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was off to a really good start. <laughs> All right. Um, take, it, yeah, take it from the top. All right. In all seriousness, um, thank you, Governor, and thank you, Commissioner. And I just wanted to first and foremost say thank you to all of our businesses and stakeholders that are on this call today. Um, as the Governor suggested, we are absolutely in unprecedented times, and it's important that we all realize that we are in this together and we're all being as proactive as we possibly can to um, combat this pandemic and this crisis that we're in. And so um, with my remarks, I just want to um, point out four specific points as well as reiterating uh, a few things that the commissioner stated in his remarks. So first and foremost, I want to um, just let you know that DECD has um, commissioned a COVID-19 business emergency response unit, and this unit is dedicated to assisting businesses navigate resources as well as develop new resources. So the survey that we've launched and the calls that we're in, in taking in we're using this to develop the tools and resources that businesses will need 
um, in the immediate, short term, and, and long term, if you will. And so um, with that, I want to uh, give you some very specific um, numbers and emails relative to inquiries. Um, if you are in need of support and guidance, um, please contact our DECD Small Business Hotline at 860-500-2333. Again, 860-500-2333. In addition, you can email at covid19.gic at ct.gov. That is C-O-V-I-D-1-9 dot J-I-C at ct.gov. These two vehicles we will use for inbound triage um, to, again, help businesses navigate. And we have a dedicated team and resources um, dedicated to this. We've already received, um, in a short period of time of operating this week, 366 calls um, from all across um, the state um, with concerns ranging from loss of revenue, um, from restaurants, retail, uh, what have you. So, again, we're tracking all this data real-time that's going to inform how we um, proceed and respond um, to this crisis, if you will. So, second, I just want to, again, reiterate um, the payment relief and forbearance program the commissioner referenced. As I think many of you know, um, DECD has been running a direct lending program through our Small Business Express loan portfolio as well as our Manufacturing Assistance Act. And so to the extent that uh, companies have active loans with us, we are delaying those payments for three months, um, if you will. And if there's any other loans um, that individuals or uh, companies have with the ECD, we're dealing with those on a case-by-case basis. But please use that, that COVID-19 email um, if you are one of those companies to email us, and we will, again, um, ensure that our team responds. And we're trying to be as flexible and proactive uh, as possible, if you will. One of the other things I want to mention, one of our sister agencies, Connecticut Innovations, um, is, again, they have an active portfolio of early-stage companies. They're offering approximately $50 million in loans and bridge loans to their companies um, within their portfolio. So, again, these are some of the immediate actions and steps that we're taking. Um, the third point, I just want to, again, reiterate SBA disaster loan funds that are available. Our team is liaison, liaising with the SBA to ensure that uh, companies can navigate um, at sometimes, you know, bureaucratic, you know, technology um, uh, deficiencies, if you will. And so there has been some technical difficulties with the website, but we are actively triaging those concerns working with the SBA to course correct, and they've been pretty efficient once that issue is raised um, by us to co correcting that issue. So I just want you to know the team is dedicated uh, um, to that effort as well and helping companies navigate accessing those loans. Um, last but not least, I think it's, um, we're just overwhelmed by the response that we've gotten to date with the surveys and the calls that have come in, and we're really evaluating um, all of these um, information that we're gathering to really help develop the new resources. And so, as the governor um, mentioned, we are actively and aggressively working on a Small Business Express Loan Bridge program, again, to help ease the demand shock, if you will, because at this point, we really need to focus on how can we slow down the impact to some extent. And, and really taking immediate actions that are within our control. And so these are kind of the four priority areas that our team is focused on right now. But as far as the Small Business Loan Bridge Program, that is priority number one, um, and we hope to have more details on that um, early next week. So thank you. Governor. All right, Maribel Laluz, do you want to um, give us some questions? Sure, I do. Um, just a quick note to everyone that there is a lot of um, there's a lot of unemployment questions. So there's a lot of similarities. So we'll do our best to get to as many as we can. But we are logging these, and we will try to answer one as many through the call and also um, through our survey. 
So this one I have is from Aaron. Will any tax payments be deferred to help with short-term expenses? Well, we certainly have delayed uh, payment, as you heard uh, David say. In terms of deferment of taxes in total, um, I think we've got to go over that with Melissa McCall. Um, you know, obviously, property tax and for us are, are the tax that we have that keeps the government going. We got to look at, and it will in part depend on what we can expect from the feds to make sure we can keep our budget in balance. You have a better answer, anybody? No, I mean I think that's right. Um, obviously, um, you know, all options are on the table to some extent, but again, we've been focusing on the immediate actions um, that we can take, and so we've extended the business filing. But as far as tax um, deferment, um, again, I think, you know, we all we have to balance that with our, our budgetary needs as well to be able to operate as a state. I, I will tell you, uh, we're in a much better position than most of our peer states that way. Right now, at least up until this crisis, um, we were looking at probably a, a $200 million surplus. Uh, and more importantly, we've got about $2.5 billion in our rainy day fund. Um, you know, that, that was that set aside on a per capita basis more than anybody else. Uh, that that can get depleted very quickly, depending on the scale of this um, crisis and depending on what the feds do. So we're, we're being careful, but we are in a relatively good position compared to our peers. What else, Maribel? I've gotten this a lot. Is there a one-stop resources that small businesses can go to for information and applications for assistance, and where do we turn first? Absolutely. As I mentioned on the call um, during my remarks, um, so two um, places to go to. So first, you have the email, covid19.jic at cc.gov, and then also our small business hotline at 860-500-2333. We have our economic specialists manning those calls, and so they have all the necessary resources and tools to help business access, help business navigate the resources they need. What's the difference? Is there a difference between the federal SBA loan and the state bridge loan? Sure. I'm, so, I'm happy to. Go ahead, Dan. I'm happy to jump in on that one. So there is a difference, and we're still formulating um, the bridge loan program. But the thought with the state bridge loan program that we hope to roll out is is very low cost, so call it zero or one percent interest, uh, but very short term, twelve or eighteen months, uh, to provide a bridge to when either revenues are, are flowing again, uh, or a, an SBA or a bank takeout. So one of those three things, but very inexpensive money, uh, where we really look to. Um, provide a loan for three months or so of operating expenses, understanding what's happening in this environment. So that's what the bridge loan program that we're going to roll out is going to look like. The SBA loans have a much longer term. Uh, so for businesses, they're 3.75% rate and up to 30 years. So that's much more of a, a term financing vehicle as opposed to what we're going to be proposing is a short-term financing vehicle, knowing that there's a real need right now given, given the uh, revenue hits. And just to um, echo the commissioner's comments, I think, again, the one thing that we're realizing as a team at DECD is that we have in the market many vehicles for businesses to access capital, if you will. Okay. Um, is there any thought about getting large landlords to toll the lease or otherwise postpone lease payments? Um, or getting banks to delay on practice purchase loans, not just student loans. David, you want to try? So yeah, of course. So just on the student on the student loan point uh, for Chesla, which is the the Connecticut student loan lender, which has eleven thousand uh, borrowers, there is a payment forbearance program there of two months for financial hardship, but up to six months in total, uh, which is available right now to those student loan borrowers. Um, for, for something more broad between a private bank and a, a, a private um, client, you know, again, we're, we're really trying to lead by example, and we're in constant dialogue with the banks, as is our 
banking commissioner in terms of what we feel is, is appropriate. Um, so I, I don't think that's something that we can mandate at this point in time, but we're certainly trying to encourage it, and we're, we're having lots of dialogue with folks uh, to explain uh, what we're doing and why we think it's right for, for a, a broader set of uh, lenders. Yeah, I've been talking to our banking commissioner. We talked to the uh, banking association. Uh, banks are part of our community. They know each and every one of your uh, businesses, and I, I'm, I'm encouraged. It's, I can't do it by mandate, as David said, but I think um, we're going to find uh, that they're going to be willing partners for each and every one of you over the next uh, six months. Yeah, and then just one other point I want to underscore there, Governor, is unlike the 2008-2009 financial crisis, banks have a significant amount of capital and are in very good shape. So our, our hope is that banks are going to be extending credit very soon, private banks extending credit very soon uh, to all the folks on this call and, and are really going to be a big part of the solution this time because they are in much better shape with very healthy balance sheets. Is there any likelihood of shutting down non-essential businesses? So the question is, is there a likelihood of shutting down non-essential businesses? Uh, I'll tell you, if you're a non-essential business um, and you can stay home, stay home. As I look at um, the infection rate, obviously it came up through Westchester County, New Rochelle, probably um, two-thirds, three-quarters of our infections are in the greater Fairfield County area. You've got community transmission there, up New Haven, Litchfield, and southeast, northeast Connecticut um, is probably less than a week away. And by far, the most important thing we can do is uh, stay out of groups. Uh, uh, that's what they mean by um, social distancing. If you want to know why, um, you know, Hong Kong and Singapore have done so much better than um, Italy and, um, and Spain, it's because they took it seriously earlier and people really followed it. Um, you know, I... Regretfully had to do uh, the bars and restaurants. Um, you know, Sunday night our bars were packed. Uh, um, Monday they were closed. And I know the hardship that means for small business, but it's the most important thing we can do. So the question was about non-essential businesses. Uh, I'd urge you to um, do whatever you can remotely. You know, this is to work with New York and other states. Is there any sort of regional approach being thought of to business matters? That's a really good question. I got to confess, um, we haven't talked about um, a regional approach to business matters. Uh, I, I can tell you that, um, you know, Andrew Cuomo and um, Governor of New Jersey and Gina Raimondo in Rhode Island, we're trying to work in association. It doesn't work for me to um, close a bar in a Greenwich and have somebody drive across the way to Porchester or vice versa. And I think our governors know that um, at least we're going to have a level playing field, and we know it's much more effective if we work on a regional basis. We did the same thing on malls yesterday. Uh, I apologize about that, but there are places where hundreds of people were congregating. We did that on a uniform basis as well. We're probably going to do uh, barber shops and nail salons as early as today, uh, just places where you have close hygienic uh, relationships. And uh, for the next at least two or three weeks, it's just not safe. Are you considering waiving the interest and in late charges for real estate taxes to municipalities for those on the quarterly installments? David, I think that's up yeah. to the first selectman, if I'm not mistaken. That's a local municipal issue. Okay. Yeah, yes. Are there any more executive orders coming out for mandating closures? Well, I can guarantee you there are more executive orders coming just because every day this, um, this this virus changes and the contagion gets a little more severe. Um, we're doing everything we can to, um, in terms of relaxing some of the regulations, making it easier for nurses to be nurses, make it easier for retired nurses to come back, make it easier for those nurses at nursing school to uh, step into the breach and be uh, apprentice nurses, nurses, if you will. We're working hard to uh, make daycare available with a priority, again, on our first responders. And those have all required uh, some emergency powers in terms of relaxing a lot of the regulations there. Uh, uh, I'm not sure where we're going to be in terms of closures over the next uh, week or two. I think I mentioned nail salons and barbershops and such. But I think you will see us be very proactive in terms of uh, getting out of the way and allowing our first responders to be able to respond. 
I've gotten a couple of questions about PPE, Governor, and maybe you've addressed this a few times, but is there any way to get more PPE for some of our medical providers to have a hospice happen? Uh, that's protective gear. That's masks. I've got hospitals right now that have, uh, you know, less than a week of masks uh, available. Um, you know, we've had um, a lot of promises from the federal government over the last uh, month or so on this. And, uh, you know, shame on them and shame on all of us that we didn't put our foot to the accelerator, um, you know, months ago. Uh, right now we are, when it comes to ventilators, when it comes to PPE, the president has got um, – an executive order, and uh, we are um, mass producing that as quickly as we can. Comma, that still could be a matter of um, you know months or a few months anyway. What I am doing at the local level is a sourcing ventilators and PPEs uh, worldwide. Uh, more importantly, um, we're, we're working with our hospitals. We're saying um, no elective surgery, only urgent surgery. And if that means ambulatory or dentists or other type facilities, don't do it. That frees up um, doctors who can be retrained. That frees up nurses who can be um, on the front line. That frees up some PPE and, and face masks and the such. And, um, you know, I found from Charlie Baker in Massachusetts, that freed up an awful lot of hospital beds. So we're doing the same thing, doing everything we can like you. We need a bridge until the feds can get us the equipment we need. I've got a question from a, a couple of businesses asking how they can be helpful. If they have additional space available, if they have additional parking lot space available, should they be offering this up to the state for use for beds or anything? How can they be helpful? Who should they contact? Yeah, I think, um, well, thank you, whoever asked that question. And, you know, um, that's definitely something that is, that's going to be in the pipeline with respect to as this thing ramps up and continues. So I would encourage um, people to use that email COVID19.jic at cp.gov. Again, that's COVID19.jic at cp.gov to the extent that you have resources that you want to um, make available to the state. Thank you. Can't you rename that website? Help us on the way. website. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you have another clarification, please can you clarify what kinds of loans or grants are available and how quickly will they be available? David? Sure. Yeah, so right now we're focused on a, a new loan product that's going to be a, a bridge loan, recovery loan for small business. And, and the, uh, the hope is to have that uh, early next week, hopefully Monday, to announce what that program is going to look like. But in short, again, it, it would be a very low or no interest short-term loan to cover approximately three months of operating expenses, expenses capped at a certain amount. To, to basically provide for those expenses you can't defer or, or delay uh, to make sure that there is cash there for them in this time of revenue stress. So that is the, the main product that we have all of our resources. And as, as Deputy Commissioner Thames mentioned, we've redirected resources for this business support group. Um, so we're solely focused on this right now, as well as helping uh, answer any other questions and the access of the SBA program. So that, that's going to be the product that we're going to roll out, and we're going to use our, our financial resources there, as well as our human capital resources there. That's absolutely right, Commissioner. And again, I just want to um, echo that and just provide some greater context. Um, the team is aggressively working on having this new product launch um, early next week. However, we have our team, we have state, you know, employees that we're prioritizing their safe and healthy, and so we have our age, our entire agency at this point that's working remote. So those are just the challenges that we're working through to ensure that we can efficiently deliver um, this program. But again, that is priority for us, um, and we hope to have that launched early next week. In a restaurant, um, offer alcohol for delivery. Have you thought about this? Where are you on that day? Governor, I'm happy to jump in here. So we have gotten that request, um, and, and where we are right now is we're, we are not there for delivery, though it is something we are discussing, uh, but for takeaway restaurants do have the ability, I think as of yesterday, Governor, um, to, to sell alcohol with a meal for takeaway. But we understand there's an ask for delivery, and it's something we're evaluating. I noticed Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, he shut down the bars and the uh, state liquor stores the same day. That was tough. 
just quickly, just so you guys know, we will have an audio recording of this call, and we're going to send it out as soon as we receive it. So for those that missed it or for those that want just sort of a summary, we are going to email that out. And we are going to resend the survey link um, as well. And then I have another general question. How is the state partnering with the federal government? Mayor, well, can you repeat that? Okay. And I'll get over to David. Um, in uh, 15 minutes, uh, I'm on the phone for the, um, uh, you know, biweekly call with um, uh, Vice President Pence and the team there, where we have a chance as governors to go back and forth. Uh, when it comes to small business, I think uh, you've heard the philosophy that I had shared in terms of, um, you know, grants, no interest loans, giving us the uh, firepower we need to get through this. Uh, and, they, and they are uh, responding accordingly. Right now, the governors are on the front line, really pushing the federal government to be a lot more activist. And when especially comes to PPE, when it comes to ventilators, we really need them to take the lead. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and with the survey or, or directly to our hotline, any, any ideas are welcome in terms of the best form of further stimulus. We, we certainly think it's necessary and appropriate and are advocating for it. But if there's specific views on the form it should take, um, please do reach out. And just to reiterate, you know, again, we worked really hard and diligently to get the SBA loan funds available as quickly as possible. We were one of the first three states to have that declaration. So that is definitely a resource that we are pushing people towards. Is there a way for nonprofits to get reimbursed for FMLA? The answer to that should be yes, absolutely, because I want everybody that um, can stay at home to be able to stay at home. Uh, but let me... Um, yeah, no, I, I, be, I believe that's right, Maribel. We'll need to chase that down. I'm just looking at the federal bill right now, but I, I believe I believe they're eligible as well. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I believe they everyone's covered. Okay. Um, do you expect to call the legislature back in just to focus on, on small businesses in Connecticut? Absolutely. We are on the phone with the legislature uh, again today. Uh, they're ready for us ready for us to present um, the final bill. They are obviously responding with some of their own priorities, and um, I'd like to see us get a bill out the door in less than a week. I have more hand sanitizer questions and survey questions and PPE questions. Are you considering closing down manufacturing facilities? Not at this point. Um, obviously, um, our large manufacturing is still going. Obviously, when it comes to hygiene, when it comes to separation, those rules apply to them as well as everybody else. But um, David may have a different point of view, but I'm trying to keep as much of the economy going as I can in a safe way. That's another reason we've exempted the construction trades right now. It's outside. We have a lot of good-paying jobs and much necessary work schools, uh, roads, bridges that are under construction, we're going to keep going with that. Yeah, just, just to, on that point, we, we certainly understand the economic impact of, of stopping a lot of the business in the state, and we are trying to avoid it uh, at all costs. So we understand and have gotten lots of requests from you know, critical industries, manufacturing and beyond, that, that need to operate, and it's really important to operate. So the goal is, is not to impact those businesses, if at all possible, but uh, the governor, first and foremost, is making sure that we're addressing the public health crisis in the right way. But we, we're very mindful of the economic impact, and we want to reduce this where at all possible. A business has already sent in their check for the business tax before they learn that we have deferred the payment or extended the deadline. Will they get? Can they cancel the check? They, they should reach out to the Department of Revenue Services on that. Okay. Is there a list of what is considered an essential employee and a non-essential employee anywhere that they can refer to? I think right now we're leaving that in our world, in the state government world, we're leaving that up to the commissioners. In a private practice, I think we're leaving that up to the managers as well. Again, I'd err on the side of if they can be at home, let them stay at home. This is a couple of contractors. Should we consider shutting down our job sites or restricting contractors from during this time? No, I mean, again, as the governor um, just mentioned, we are, you know, restaurants, uh, malls, 
uh, all of those kind of, you know, big congregate kind of uh, businesses and what have you, we've been focusing on them, but we want to ensure that, you know, to the extent that we have businesses that is, is you know, uh, not uh, – uh, the functions of their job do not allow them to work remote. We are really being um, delicate to those needs. There's some more banking questions, Governor. Are we asking the banks if you want to reiterate to landlords to waive any late fees or penalties on loans and rent? I will. I will urge them to do that. Absolutely. Um, somebody suggested a penalty set. We're going to have a lot of questions, guys, a lot of them are repeating. Is there a target date by which the closure orders on restaurants can be lifted? Do you know by any chance at this moment when this will be lifted? Uh, I wish I could tell you I did. You know, we we put, you know, sort of two weeks on uh, some of these. Uh, we've talked to 630 on some of our others. Uh, I'm looking around uh, the rest of the world. Um, you know, the good news is that, um, you, you see, there were no new infections in China. So maybe that gives us some indication about the duration of what we've got to do. Uh, it also it's interesting to me that, um, you know, by far Europe has the most number of infections, uh, and they have a population that's one-third China. So it gives you an idea of how important social distancing can be as well. I can tell you the scientists that I talk to, um, or talk to me, frankly, um, have been pretty clear, watch out for a second wave. So don't be too quick to promise everybody um, – this is behind us on June 30. Uh, let the party begin. So I'm going to follow the lead of the professionals on this, but those are the thoughts going through my head. Is there a way that you or CBIA can help business-to-business -business communication so that you can respond to each other's supply chain or help each other during this time? Yeah, David, and I don't know if you want to jump in, but I think absolutely. That, that's why we're having this call today, and we've really kind of jumped um, full steam ahead with our partners, our chamber of commerce, associations, or what have you, and really trying to effectively communicate where we are and where we're going and, you know, hour-by-hour hour updates to some extent. And so we're going to be actively working together to ensure that we are deploying, you know, uh, appropriate, um, timely communication and using all available platforms and leveraging each other's uh, communication channels to deliver that message. Anybody else? David, do you want to add anything? Nope, Glenn said it perfectly. Yeah, absolutely use us as a resource, and Joe Brennan is on this call as is the CBIA team. So we, we, that's something we absolutely can and want to help with. The other question is, uh, we're hearing rumors about an entire statewide shutdown. Should we be concerned about that? I really hope not. I'll tell you why. Um, from my point of view, uh, the local, at the local level, um, people have responded. I didn't say no parades. People said we're not going to do our parades. I didn't say uh, you had to shut down your schools. 95% uh, of the schools uh, shut down without urging. I know what it meant for us, um, restaurants and bars, and, um, you know, we did impose that, but... Um, the local response has been really good. Uh, I worry a little bit about the invincibles, the millennials, the young folks. Um, you know, I think what happened in Italy, um, and if we can't get people, um, you know, close to home, stay at home, take a walk in the park, use the social distance, um, we may have to take a second look. But right now, working in the uh, conjunction with Andrew Cuomo and my other governors, you know, I think we're giving the message loud and clear, stay close to home, keep the social separation. I hope it doesn't require anything um, more draconian than that. I have some questions from the today. Will all of these um, benefits that are available to small business also be available to the nonprofit agencies? So as far as the SBA disaster loan funds that are available, that is for small businesses and nonprofits. So as far as getting some, you know, short-term, uh, longer-term capital to ease kind of the, the man shock right now, those tools are available at SBA. And Maribel, here's an idea. Let's do another call for the uh, not-for-profits in the near future. Okay. Yeah, the, the answer is, as Glenn said, generally, yes. We, we think of businesses and nonprofits very similarly, and they're going under very 
similar stress as well. So we, we, we intend to help both. Is there a place on the, in the Connecticut website for the SBA loans, or do we have to go directly to the SBA website? What is, I guess, what is the SBA um, link? We can email that out to you guys. No worries. Hey, course your through and see if we have any more new questions that are very different. I, I'm the, I, I, I just want to leave you with this thought, and maybe David has something in summary as well. But um, I've been really encouraged by uh, the quality of the response um, that we've had as a state. In a small state, and uh, we didn't always work together. I mean, um, the business community and state government, um, sometimes a complicated relationship. I've got to tell you, we've been talking to um, you know the major employers a lot. This was a really important meeting uh, electronically because I've got to make sure that small business knows what we're doing, why we're trying to do it, and we can work together on this. And you're the folks taking... Um, in some cases, the biggest hit. I think you, I hope you get the message that um, we have some understanding of what you're going through and trying to respond. I'm trying to work really hard with uh, our local um, providers, our, our local government mayors, and um, you know they're 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 on the front lines. They're getting the hits, and uh, I think we have a regular communication with them. I'm really glad that their local economic development is here. You know, let's. Let's be blunt about it. We didn't always have a great relationship between state government and our hospitals uh, until recently. In fact, there was a lawsuit. Um, not only is the lawsuit settled, i got to tell you, we are working on a daily basis with our hospitals and the medical clinics and our other providers. Because if we're not on the same page, rowing in the same direction, um, we've got a problem. And we've got some catching up to do with the hospitals, uh, i got to tell you. I mean, um, we have no idea at this point whether we can, quote, flatten the curve or there will be a heavy hit. And I just want you to know, in state government, not only are we working all of our commissioners on a daily basis in a collaborative way, these guys are burning the midnight oil. Um, uh, half of them are from home. In many cases, the Internet is very slow. I think you found that. But um, in particular, in a, in a building where the Republicans and Democrats and the legislature and the governor, uh, frankly, aren't always on the same page, uh, I think we're on the same page now, and if we can keep that spirit going, we're going to get through this. And um, I'm going to try and do these type of meetings on a more regular basis just because um, I've got to give you good information. And uh, ct.gov or 211 for the um, phone interface, um, get the real information. Just don't go to Dr. Google. Anything else, Maribel? No, that's it. I just want to thank everybody for uh, clogging up my inbox. Um, we will address these questions either through our daily public briefings with the governor or through our Joint Information Center or directly as much as possible. We'll, sh we'll send out the survey link and we'll email all the answers to the questions that we have in the draft. And um, with that, I just want to see if there's any last remarks from David or Glenn. No, I just want to say thank you. Um, we really appreciate everyone getting on the phone. We understand these are um, these are difficult times, and, and we're here to help. And, and it's constantly evolving situation, but we're going to all get through this together. Uh, and, and we're very focused on aiding and assisting in any way we can. So we appreciate it. And uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to the numbers or emails that Glenn provided before. So long, everybody. Thank appreciate you. what you're doing for Connecticut. Thank you. That concludes today's conference. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.